Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, hey, hey. Back again. What's going on after buzz? We are here. This is for Life After Show, season one, episode six, Burner, and the gang is all here. How's hey. everybody feeling? Hey. Okay. <laughs> What's up, guys? Okay, so, I mean, honestly, there was a lot that happened in tonight's episode. We got to see 50 Cent. So, I mean, I know we always say there's a lot to talk about, but there's a lot to talk about. So, I'll introduce each of you guys, and you can give me, like, your quick thought, quick thought um, on just the episode as a whole. So, first and foremost, I got to go ahead and introduce Jeff Will to get that out the way. Jeff holds us down <laughs> with the special segment. For life and back, but before we even get there, what did you think of the episode as a whole? What's up, man? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to still be doing this after show, even during the coronavirus crap that's going on out <laughs> in the world. But no, it's this episode was crazy. I, I loved it. I loved everything that 50 brought to the episode, but I also have hesitation with everything I just said. So there's a I'm I'm in the middle with, with how I feel about what's going on. Okay. I'll explain okay, more. Good. I'll explain more later, later about that one. Okay. Right. Okay. Looking right, forward to right. that. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, though, we'll go to Dot McDonald, who is uh, definitely always going to keep us covered with um, live social tweets, media, live social chat. media. I, I'm, I, had, I was thinking because I know it's a little different now since we do the show remotely. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what to call it, but people <laughs> check with what the people are saying. Dot, what did you think about the episode? Okay, seriously, I thought this episode was fire from the way they introduced 50 to the father's uh, getting into the business. I just thought mm. everything was getting laid out. And so I cannot wait till we dive into it. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Looking forward to that. I'm similar there for sure. Um, but before I give my thoughts, Let's jump to Emily May, of course, keeps us covered with the latest news and gossip. How are you feeling and what did you think? Oh, I'm good. I'm so happy that we get to do the after show today. I've been looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh, So this episode, I absolutely loved because it was laying the groundwork, all these little breadcrumbs of mystery and of, of kind of character swerving like characters kind of swerving and actions that you think are gonna happen or not gonna happen there's a lot of mystery behind it and so I loved how they're building to something bigger and I feel like this was the episode where they really dove into it so I can't wait to dive dive deeper into all that okay perfect I completely agree you guys my name is Keith Andre of course I'm here to drive the boat I thought 
it was a great episode. I definitely agree. I think we've spent a lot of time just talking about where we want the show to kind of go to, but this was like a visual representation of starting to see mm -hmm. some of that action, um, mm -hmm. especially with the introduction of, of 50 Cent. Yeah, very true. Yeah. It was yeah. it was an introduction for sure. It was, yeah. They didn't even have to say anything. They just stared each other, like pretty much stared each other down without staring each other down on the bus. He's like, yep, you already know. I run right. this early. The introduction was everything with the slow walk. Then they had Pop Smoke playing, which is a well-known rapper who recently passed away, who has that really grimy thug feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, the introduction mm -hmm. of 50, uh, I think it spoke for him before he ever had to say a word. I was curious to see who he was going to be, but mm -hmm. immediately when they started playing the music, and then 50 Cent does that smile and you see the gold yeah. in his mouth. I was like, yeah, 50 has officially entered <laughs> yeah, the, the show. <laughs> yeah, crazy. it was very ominous. Just the way they shot the bus scene and then just like the backs of heads and just the way that it felt very... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline small and confined like the cinematography and then having that reveal of the music like you said and then uh just the fact that there was like distance between them once they saw each other and looked at each other that was so intense and so you knew that this character was not going to be a good guy and cause some trouble <laughs> oh yeah okay we definitely saw that from the jump i completely agree i think that 50 the way that they set that character up the way that he introduced it was good to see for the show and i too was still thinking about kind of the power element but i could appreciate like this show needed some of that weight i think and this mm -hmm. episode really executed um that well so uh, I feel like we saw a lot with Aaron, his life, his home life outside of jail. But so we'll definitely, let's just go ahead and we'll break down kind of like 50 Cent's character, what we see going on there. Um, and then we'll make our way back to Aaron, Aaron Marie, Darius, the daddy, all of that. So oh uh, we so jumped much. in and we met 50 Cent, uh, who's, well, his character's name is Cassius Dawkins. He's the prisoner that is sent over. I know you guys had mentioned, I think that you mentioned the gold teeth. I was wondering, like, can you have gold teeth in prison? Is, is that a thing? I don't think that you can. So I think that that added to his character because he's this prisoner who can almost do what he wants to do at the previous prison and he kind of gets to break the rules. So I think that that what is what caught our attention immediately because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, he must be a boss or a don in any facility that he's at because you cannot have that in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, and I loved and I love that moment with when he's about to get checked in and the warden has to confront him and kind of put her foot down and say, hey, this is not going to work in the same way that that you were used to. And I just felt like that was a powerful moment for the warden to really step up and say, hey, like, I'm here to like, I still have humanity. I still am going to take care of people. But if you overstep a line, like I'm going to. I'm going to like put my foot down. So, and then he was like, kind of, you can kind of see he was trying to be funny 
and kind with of with the flirt with the flirtation yeah right and so yeah, you can kind of see he was trying to be playful and try to like oh i can see like test the boundaries of like how far he could go yeah i think he definitely was trying to put on some of that charm just so mm-hmm. that you know he can kind of make that acquaintance but to everybody's point, we kind of knew from the get-go what type of person like we were dealing with, just the way that they introduced him. So when it got to that meeting with the warden, I thought that that was helpful just in establishing, right, that he has some kind of street cred or credibility to the way that he moves in the prison. So we saw that. What I did want to ask, because I do feel, you know, as necessary as it is for us to see him interact and to have conflict with Aaron, it was kind of immediate and it just was like kept happening. What did you guys think about his uh, introduction to Aaron and the exchange that they had or the exchanges that they had? Emily? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the reason why the introduction of Cassius's character was so effective was because they had conflict right away. So they had like this tension that was really like really uh, apparent. And so I think that helped right away and made it very effective so that it causes a ripple effect later. And then a, I wouldn't say like a friendship, but at least like a understanding of like, Hey, yeah. if you help me, I might help you kind of thing. Yeah. I really enjoyed that right off the gate. Cassius already knew who Aaron was because here you are, Aaron is doing all this busy work inside his prison, but obviously word is getting around, not just in Mm -hmm. the media, but through the prisons and word is getting around about what Aaron does and what he stands for. And even though he's not a top notch man in the way that Cassius is, he's still someone that's very well known within the prison. So Cassius comes in right away and is trying to in my mind, create his hurdle, create his circle, create his new territory. And automatically he wants Aaron, wants somewhat in the mix of Mm -hmm. things. So I just love that automatically no time wasted. We're hopping right in and we're figuring out what the dynamic of this relationship is going to venture out to be. Fair enough. And welcome back, Jeff. So we were just talking about the introduction of 50 Cent as Dawkins. And and we did talk a little bit just about him having like the gold teeth because I didn't know like you could just be in jail and be transferred and rock gold teeth. But then also we were starting to kind of just look at what you thought of his introduction to Aaron. For me, I felt like they were just making it so like quick and just a thing initially I didn't know or I couldn't decide if I needed it to be like that quick or could they allow time to build um but Jeff what did you think seeing that first interaction between um Aaron and and Dawkins yeah no I I loved it um because I thought I thought it went really well like the speed of it went really well just because um not only is he a big presence as in 50 cent He's coming into a place where people already know him, but Aaron has already made a, a made a name for himself. He's it's not like he's just a regular inmate. He is known around the place. So it's like if two are brooding, not brooding, but if like two big forces come together, there's gonna be a quick not altercation, but there's gonna be a quick something there. You gotta figure mm-hmm. out who's leading. Same yeah, it's like two alpha, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like two alpha it's dogs same, in the same room, and you're like, who's gonna Exactly. And like, same with Wild Bill, like you're going to have all these different altercations coming quick. So when that happened, it made sense to me. And it just, you just found out who was the top dog. Absolutely. I think the Wild Bill reference was like a very good example of that and just seeing that play out. And we got to see even Dawkins, um, 
you know, just trying to, like you said, from the jump, just show himself and let people know who he was. Now, he did ask Aaron first early on in the episode to use his burner phone and to make a phone call. Dot, you already shaking your head. Do you feel like, what do you think of that? And do you, do you feel that he should have allowed him to make the one call or should he not? When he asked to make that call, I just was like, come on, Aaron, you are smarter than this. You know better than to allow this man to use your phone. But at the same time, I'm wondering, did Aaron think that, you know, Dawkins had good intentions? Did he think that he was really going to call like a daughter or someone? And I just was like Mm -hmm. blown away when I heard the conversation on the phone. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Now we are in this situation. Aaron, you know better. I'm so like you're right I'm so frustrated that that Aaron let him use the phone because now I mean it's a burner phone so I like just tracking that and then what if he gets caught and then it's gonna just go back to Aaron and that's all I could think about was like Aaron's gonna get in trouble or like get framed or get get charged for something that he didn't do and then it's like he's back in the same circle so I like had all these horrible like scenes happening in my head when I saw that yeah no i i totally agree but i'm only i'm worried actually i'm not worried because he gave the phone away now so like that was probably the best move for him the fact that he got he gave the phone for one phone call is a wrap so like you did you kind of like dug your own hole so now you just kind of give the phone away and now you're kind of getting out of that trouble in a sense because if they do trace it back it's with 50 and not with you no, I definitely agree there, and you're right. So by the end of the episode, he definitely gave the phone away, which I thought was the smart thing to do. I also think that in, Aaron was very aware, and just we got to see his reaction in real time with the element of Dawkins' character. And so I feel like from his initial setup, just the way that he was introduced, he knew uh, the chances he knew what was going on so by the time he did the first phone call I feel that he already knew that he was going to end up you know without the phone just because it still gotta be like prison nature although he trying to was kind of coming up against it going back and forth I was like oh yeah it's a wrap on the phone and I did want to shout out the actor I don't know what the character's name of the guy who kind of plays Aaron's best friend I thought he definitely shined in tonight's episode as well mm-hmm yeah, yeah, he did. He he barely said any words and he shined. He just yeah. like, and then he got up real quick. <laughs> That's talent right there. I, I feel like the, the dad, the dad, the um, the dad shined in this episode as well. Oh, he definitely did. So before we get to the dad, so just to close out our whole fifty element kind of, um, but Dawkins' experience, because my biggest takeaway from his character was that we needed a bad guy we needed like this type of energy that I now can associate with the show that has me like okay trying to figure out what's gonna happen do you think so I had a question do you think that the reason why they introduced this type of character at this point is so that we can see the contrast of like Aaron's morals and values versus like inmates like Cassius Oh, that's a good question. Jefferson, oh, well, let me go first. (laughs) I think think that yes, because before this, the only litmus test to Aaron's character is his own behavior and like other Mm -hmm. prisoners. And they've always, he's always been kind of the good guy. We've been questioning his integrity, his loyalty, all these elements. 
So I do think now that they've introduced this type of character that's extreme, we'll really get to see him play to his moral compass and see it mm. for that. But Jeff, what what you think? No, I wasn't disagreeing. Well, in a, like to an extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just like saying, I was like, we kind of got to see his, his integrity already. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I guess I, I still have to wait and see how the storyline goes to see how it'll really affect um, Aaron, just because we, we've seen him face so many adversities so far in this yeah. episode, like in these five episodes and totally. six episodes. And it's like, I don't know what else I can see him get challenged with, especially inside the jail cell to kind of mm-hmm. do anything different than what Wild Bill has done or what o- O'Malley has done or um, that the D- DA has done outside the jail cell. So it's like, I don't know what what 50 can add in that sense. Mm, okay. I'm curious to see now because we see that Dawkins has these outside connections which were revealed at the end of the episode. I want to see how Aaron and Dawkins probably play off of that if they strengthen that relationship. Like, will Aaron start using, you know, Dawkins and what he's connected to in the outside world to his advantage? Because Dawkins seems like a very dangerous man who gets what he wants. And I mean, ultimately that could work for Aaron. Yeah, that that's definitely true. And so we already talked about just the fact that by the end, uh, Aaron does give Dawkins the phone. Correct me, or I'm wondering, was him his decision to give him phone, give him the phone? Did that also make Dawkins Aaron's security? Because you know they had that <laughs> scene where they were, is that what happened? Or I assume I think that's what okay. the assumption is because they're like, look you either give it to him and have him as your security or you don't. So okay. I was like, I assume that's just like him, like, look, you win kind of deal and not like I'm happy about it, but it's like you win here, have it. Yeah, and I feel like it's more trouble if he doesn't give it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think Dawkins also, he knew. He's like, hmm, need a burner while I'm in here. What easy way can I get one? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it was effortless. It yeah was. and the fact okay. that he knew right away he's like oh yeah Aaron has one <laughs> let me get that <laughs> let me get that <laughs> oh boy oh boy told all his business but okay so let's go we'll jump into Earl who who is Marie's dad who shows up Emily you were just saying how he definitely shined in, in the episode we know mm-hmm. he came along to visit let's talk about him visiting I guess Marie Darius Jasmine first and then we could talk about his visit to Aaron. Emily, I know you said you thought he did an incredible job. So yeah, so this is such an, uh, it's such a character that's so, like, that comes in and out. It's a very hard character to play because you're going to have fans that are going to hate you and you're going to have fans that are going to, like, love you because you, cause you're going to have people in different camps. You're going to have the Aaron camp and the, the Darius camp. And so... Um, I know we have a mix on the panel. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and his his performance tonight was so nuanced and so you could tell the struggle of him just wanting what's best for his daughter and knowing that she's in pain and that she's, she's kind of uh, like embattled internally that she can't make a decision for herself. And so... I just, I feel like he's just trying to do what's best for her. And, and his performance, I thought, was beautiful tonight. Okay. I can understand that. Now, I, I do think that he wants what's best for her. But I think that he kind of is stepping over the line. It's not that she mm-hmm. can't make a decision for herself. She's made a decision and he hasn't really respected it. I feel like at first I was thinking like, oh, you know, um, 
he just wants what best. But then we got to see, oh, he kind of has a history that he really doesn't like Aaron. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I don't yeah. know. Go he ahead, doesn't um, listen to her either. You're you're right. He doesn't listen. Right. Dot, what are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that his perspective was really needed in this show to create mm-hmm. more of a dynamic between that contrast of her having to make that choice. Although we get that from Darius somewhat, it's a little bit jaded because he is the former best friend. So to have that outside person kind of come in and give all these points and reasoning that really do make you kind of sit back and think, is Aaron holding them back? Um, mm-hmm. I think that her dad has a unwavering uh, feeling about Aaron and that's what we needed because Darius kind of goes back and forth as does she and I think that he obviously is Darius's number one fan when he presented that ring I just threw my hands up in the air and I'm like wow mm-hmm. he didn't even give this to Aaron like what is happening yeah. here and that is what and that's when I saw like oh he never ever liked Aaron so mm-hmm. this is only adding more fuel to the fire which we understand mm-hmm. why he's so passionate yeah. about his daughter just moving forward with her life and yeah. in this episode I could see every point that he was making and that's what kind of made my heart break a little bit because I totally could understand him yeah it was so it was that that scene in the car was unexpected and so so kind of cold and calculated on the part of the dad the, and, and kind of underhanded towards Aaron. Even without Aaron even being in the scene, I felt like Aaron was there and it did break my heart. Okay. And Jeff, yeah. what did you think? Yeah, no, you guys, you guys hit on the head with, um, he was, the dad was very, he was right in everything that he was saying because it was coming from him. Because that's how he felt about the situation as a dad but he was never listening. You guys said it a couple of times. He was never listening. He never listened to Aaron. He never listened to Darius. He never listened to the, to his daughter. Everybody was telling him different things. And he's like, no, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm, this is what I want. Here's a ring, take it all back. Like you should be away from him. The, the wife, Marie literally said, I'm not, I'm in love with him still. I'm not in love with Darius. This is what I'm doing. This is what me and my daughter's doing. And you're, and he's just not listening to it. I didn't, it was too much. Like you said, he's, he overstepped. He could say what he wants, but he overstepped his boundaries. And yeah. you just need to listen. And I don't, I really, I, I can't wait till Darius uses that fake ring. And I call it fake because he didn't ask for it. And I call, he didn't ask for it. That means you always know if you're going to ask for, your, for a, push, a person's hand in marriage, you ask the dad. The dad don't need to come up to you and be like, look, ask her to be married. Or like, ask her to marry you. Like, no, that's, that's weak. I don't need to. I don't know any dad that would do that. That would be like, here's the ring, make the move. Like, you're right. You, you go, if you're the gentleman, you go and ask the parent. It doesn't have to be the dad. It could be the mom. I I think it depends. But before we go to Darius, because we're going to get there. So I'll I'll reserve some of that. But you did bring up Marie. And I do think that it was good to finally see her come clean. We were questioning and trying to decide, does she think this? Does she feel this? And so she was able to fly out say. Um, you know, she's still in love. What did you guys think of that declaration? That was such a refreshing moment because I think since episode one, we've been conflicted on the panel and we've been kind of diving in and dissecting and kind of exploring different ways she could be feeling. And we finally got it point blank period. And we were like, yes, it's a little bit of everything that we've been saying. But I think it must have been therapeutic for her to also finally just say it and get it out because she hasn't said Mm -hmm. it during the show at all. So I'm wondering how she's going to internalize that now that she has said it out loud. And will she share that with Darius? 
Yeah, it's one of those hard things that like we, she finally, like I feel like in every scene and moment she's wanted to say it, but she didn't know how. And so now like everything's out on the table. And so what is she gonna do with that? I'm not sure. Is she gonna ignore it? Is she gonna just like move on? Is Does she need to say that in order to like get past Aaron? I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm conflicted as a fan when I watch what she should do. I think I think this pretty much tells us what she's going to do. I think it's just going to be a slow burn. For her, mm-hmm. she's just kind of realizing it because she's she's deep down mm-hmm. known that she loved Aaron more. She's been texting him saying, hey, can you talk, all this kind of stuff, and then somewhat lying to Darius and all that. She knows, but this is the first time she's able to say it. She had to stand up for herself because her dad was coming at her, and now that she knows, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now what do I do with that knowledge? Like, since it's in the forefront, what do I do with it? And I think that's what we're going to see in the next couple episodes. She's going to have to tell Darius, like, look, I'm not in love with you. I'm in love with the guy behind bars, and I always will be because he's fighting He's fighting to get out, and I'm fighting to, to have him out. So it's yeah. just going to be interesting. But I'm, I'm loving her um, coming to terms with this because she's been fighting it. We've been fighting it on the panel. But, like, we know. You've been sending texts. It's time. <laughs> Agreed. It's really nice she's texting a lot. <laughs> yeah, she is. Can you Even talk? I'm like, I'm in jail. I I said, right. <laughs> Can you I talk? Asking if you could talk. What, well, right. can, he has I more know. free time than her. But, yeah. So I do think that, you know, it is good to see her character be actualized and really come to terms with herself. Like you said, I think that she knew. Um, but to hear it, you know, it makes it real. Mm-hmm. So she does have to face, face that. And just kind of jumping off the pre-prediction that Jeff is throwing out about her having to um, tell Darius. You know, let's talk about Darius a little bit because hear me out, hear me out. I feel that the the dad coming back to town, him having that conversation, just things that Darius said as well throughout his work show that maybe he doesn't want to get married to Marie. I think that I don't, maybe he's not in love with her. You know, I think it showed him as like some humanity. I know it's hard for Jeff to see him as a person um, who makes mistakes or who like has others <laughs> to his personality. But I think it showed, you know, he was just saying like, nobody's uh, free from airing that. He was telling them like, oh, the divorce paper. He was giving all the excuses as to why not. So that makes me feel that, you know, yeah. in his heart of hearts, he doesn't want it either. Well, I felt like Darius in the scene where he said, well, you know, he was kind of making the he kind of acted somewhat like the best friend finally and said, Hey, he hasn't signed the papers. Like it's not my decision to make. And I feel like that was an important thing for him to say. Cause it was like, he wasn't only saying it to the dad, but he was saying it to himself. Like, Hey, it's th- there's three people in this relationship. It's not just me and Marie. Like there's, there's multiple people. So um, I think it's a more layered response than Can I, I think- drop again. Mm-hmm. Hello. No, you're, you're still, still here. Jeff. You're still there. We hear you. Jeff, did you want to talk about okay, that? Oh, okay. So yeah, so I think it's a more layered, more layered response than uh, than I think uh, than Darius like understands himself. Um, okay. One thing that really made me like 
Uh, I've been battling. I feel like I've battled the most with Darius. I feel like every <laughs> you episode, have. You've been every episode. Like, you like go back and forth, and then I'm like <laughs> yes, and I'm like no. And then this episode, I was like, oh, when Jasmine was trying to purchase things for Aaron, maybe mm-hmm. his quarantine, and Dad was like, "Here's my card." You know, um, Darius was like, "Here's my card." It doesn't matter how much; it's still my friend. And I just had this moment of he is still kind of treating him like this is his friend. Exactly. The situation is just so complicated so maybe in his complicated mind he thinks that you know being there for Marie and and Jasmine is being a friend and making sure Mm -hmm. that they are taken care of and I still do not agree with it but I'm starting to understand his mindset and it's making me mad (laughs) I know that scene it's like he's in the relationship for like because he has a sense of duty to Aaron in order to make sure that his family's okay and he might not be in love with her, but like they, they, they're together in order to heal and they might not necessarily be a good fit for the long term. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I love that. I think you said it, you know, perfectly just kind yeah. of seeing yeah. Darius and seeing the difficulty that he has in his character as well. And then to your point too, Emily, I think that Darius is kind of experiencing, experiencing it all in real time. And as a result, especially by the time we got to see the last scene where he noticed Jasmine looking out the window at the mom holding her dad, you know, he may just come to the realization that, hey, what are we doing here? This isn't what I want. So I think it'll be nice to see that those stories, you know, unfold um, as well. So it was good. You know, we keep seeing a little bit more of Darius. We still haven't seen his story, his side to it. I'm looking forward to that to come. And then, so you guys want to go ahead and we'll talk a bit about the last exchange. We'll talk about the dad coming to see Aaron. And then we can kind of fill in and see how we feel about some of the stories that are happening and still kind of going on. Um, So I know we'll go back to Emily. I know you definitely enjoyed him. And I think he really showed some range and some good acting there at the end in the the scene with with Aaron, was he wrong for going to visit him? Do you, do you feel that he was just, or was he wrong for even coming there I mean, like that in the first place? It's, I'm mixed, because technically he is his father-in-law, but from but if we've seen, from this episode, we saw that he never really liked him. He never supported him. He always thought that like he was a bad apple. That he was gonna, you know, not good uh, for his daughter. So if you can't, support your daughter and you can't support the 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 partner that she has chosen then you're going in with bad intentions already and so I felt like this scene was not going to be good acting wise it was great but I meant like the intentions behind it were gonna be misleading and not true to true to to um the the dad um because he just wants to like kind of put fire under Aaron to say, hey, like you need to, to end this. For sure. And Dot, so what did, did you think that he was right or was he wrong for even showing up in the first place? I thought that he was right to go and see Aaron. I think that because he feels so strongly and passionately about it, that it's nothing mm-hmm. but respect for him to go directly to Aaron. Um, I was almost like, thank God he went to Aaron because I do feel like if Marie is hesitant or has a change of mind, Aaron will be able to clear understand where that may be coming from. He will now know that the dad may be putting something in his ear. Um, I was shocked to find out that the dad hadn't gone to see Aaron 
um, before so that that being one of the first times and for him to feel so strongly against him I was definitely shocked there but it was a conversation that needed to be had and I hope that Aaron was able to digest it and you know just be able to look at the situation um, from everybody's perspective and kind of gauge where he really should be standing we've seen him throughout this season be extremely selfish and I think the dad just put it all on the table and maybe opened Aaron's eyes to a little peephole where he could see through a uh, different way. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree. Exactly. I think it made sense. And for me, I didn't to I definitely agree. I think that he was right for going. There was nothing wrong with him going. Um and I was glad too that Aaron made the decision that he did. Did you guys ever think for a second like oh he would be like okay let me sign the papers um or were you happy with his decision to just say if that's what you gotta say you can go. I love that that was his decision. I love mm -hmm. that he didn't argue with him. I love that he didn't disagree or try to change his mind. Um, I love that he just, you know, stood his ground and allowed this man to vent because this man is obviously dealing with things too. As the dad said, when you are locked up, it is really not just about you. Obviously the dad is storming in here because he's affected mm -hmm. as well. So I think that Aaron in some sort of way took the high road by just allowing him to vent, say his piece and saying, all right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's Aaron, this showed a moment of like being really steadfast in his belief and kind of his feelings for Marie and saying, you know what? I'm like, I'm good. Like I heard you and I'm listening, but I'm the one in here having to having to deal with this day in and day out. And I hear you. So it but I, I feel like in the next episode or the, the episode or maybe, two, you know, two episodes from now, we'll know perhaps what his decision is. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that things are going to round themselves out soon. Uh -huh. um, we'll get to predictions in a bit. One of the questions I am going to ask so you guys can start thinking about it. Do you think we will see the decision in Aaron's case? Like, is he going to get out of jail at the end of the season or is he still going to be in jail? Um, but while we think about that, so let's look at some of the story because we did get a lot of story development in the episode as well with the CO. So I was really happy about this scene. The last scene with the, the CO who gets in the house and his family is tied up. I think this is the first time we've really seen kind of in real time, like some drama, some like action, some violence about to happen. So I, I love that. What did you guys think of, of kind of just seeing that different bit of story and a change of beat for the episode as well? I thought it was right on time. Um, what are we calling the gentleman who walked in from home? Who? Oh, this, um, the CO? The, the correctional officer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the correctional officer. This is the first time that we're seeing the people that work within the facility. We're seeing what happens outside of their life. And for it to be like family tied up with these two gangsters, mm -hmm. I'm like, we're going there. We're finally going <laughs> there. It was really exciting. It made me... Um, like on it put me on the edge of my seat for the next episode and yeah. I absolutely loved the drama that it brought <laughs> yeah I mean I loved how they ended on that beat where where he comes home he's like why is it dark and then like then we have that big reveal with the lights on and it it brings because we're dealing with Aaron in prison and we see his home life but what happens with all the other characters at home and what are their like we see the warden and 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 
um, how she's dealing with her partner and kind of her her home life. But what about the people that we see doing like the dirty work and doing the stuff like sneaking drugs into the prison? Like what's what's going to come of him and what what is his home life? You know, it has to bleed into all areas of these characters' lives, and I'm glad that it's extending even more in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a great element. And two, it shows just kind of more to the humanity. It's because mm-hmm. to a certain extent, we feel like we have certain characters figured out. We know who they are. The CO, we know it's a bad guy, but then put against another bad guy where his family isn't brought into it. You know, you get to see like where people's standpoint is. You get to see their moral compass, you know. So it's nice to just see them more just fully developed and realized as well. And Emily, you did touch on the warden's family. I wanted to talk about her because I feel like I like the warden, but whenever she's with her family, I don't get it. Like I get it, but I don't know how much I believe (laughs) in that aspect. So tell me what you think about the warden's life and her her family time. Well, I mean, I think she has two lives. She 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 kind of balances the scale. She is like this this person of, you know, trying to hold down the fort of justice when she's like in charge of the prison. But then at home, it's a very different scenario where um, she has a partner that wants her to do certain things that she's not comfortable with or is fine unearthing things that she said. And so it gets a little tricky where like she has to sidestep and step backwards because someone told her to. So she's not in a position of power at home, it seems. She's in a position of power at home. And so it's an interesting dynamic to see. So I don't know, I I like how it's complicated and I like how there's a contrast, but I don't know if it's necessarily believable that everything is true and authentic at home. Hey, you Dot? Um, I agree with everything that she's saying. And then also with the warden, the warden's not home often. So how can Mm -hmm. it be authentic? So there's obviously a lot of things that she's missing in her child's life and her partner's life. And so she's just kind of like playing a role. So if you're saying you don't believe it, I think that that's absolutely the point of us seeing who she is at home because she's a different person when she's in that prison. Yeah, exactly. Ah, That's another great point. That's another (laughs) great point. And I think too... um, For me, if I were writing it, I would just, at this point, I would have eliminated the warden having children. I would just have it be her and her partner. They're not adding anything to make me feel incensed as her as a mother or maternal. So for me, at this point, I would have just... (laughs) Like, like, like I keep waiting to f- see an affectionate <laughs> moment or for the child to bring some sort of anything and we haven't seen that yet or, or maybe mm-hmm. it's coming maybe that's what they're keeping the child around for for us to oh. see or maybe they're creating that sort of aspect of like the child is just there in the warden's you know in the warden's mm-hmm. life and how she's living she doesn't have you know availability to be super present so when you're in those positions sometimes it really is like your kid is just there so there. what we're yeah. feeling yeah. may be a sort of sense of what the writer is trying to create where we're like what does the daughter do why is the daughter mm-hmm. there <laughs> well also yeah. and and also you know children give you a sense of um like you're grounded and you're also like have a kind of a maternal instinct or like uh kind of a little bit more empathy I I, mm-hmm. I feel like her character could have that if we see that moment with the child yeah um, maybe so 
and she shows them she's been showing more and more empathy while running the prison and kind of trying to do the investigation um, into who's, you know, who's smuggling stuff in. And so she's slowly trying to connect with people. Um, but I feel like she isn't connected with her family. And so there's a, there's a, a distancing there that I see. Yeah. Agreed. And we'll see what happens there. There's some shows, you know, sometimes it happens. Characters disappear. Yeah, just they don't make it off. to the next season. Just write them off. off. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the children. But before we get ready to cover, you know, our news and gossip and our predictions, I did just want to side in and talk a, a little bit more about the development and story. So we got to see Aaron get like this huge kind of break in his case. Um, he finds out that Angelo Torres, who's the manager of the club, is mm-hmm. the criminal or the CI, the snitch. So um, what do you guys think about that? And where do you think that, like, where do we go next Go next in his case? I think, Stop. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that that might be uh, the breaking ground for his case. I know that we still have several episodes left, but I think that that piece of evidence is going to be crucial in them taking him seriously, you know, reopening it and him pro- possibly winning it. Um, just seeing his reaction, he's like, you know, this is someone that was on my payroll. What do you mean they were mm-hmm. working for you? You know, he went up and testified. It just was very dirty. And me just hearing that, you know, understand, like if you were a judge or someone, like, you can't really ignore that type of like misconduct. So I was very excited for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the fact that um, the judge was on Aaron's side, that, that she was pushing to say, Hey, like there's, there's, it's one thing to like kind of slack on this one type of procedure and this one type of hearing, but the fact that you like missed it on this other huge thing, that's like really huge in the criminal justice system and, and, you know, the legal procedures, that's a big deal. And so finally, I felt like this was a moment where Aaron had a win, an authentic win, not a win by going and forging things and doing things like (laughs) it was something that like he, you know, they found and, and that the DA and everyone was trying to hide too. in the, the police department, they were trying to hide it. And, uh, so I think, I think, I will get into predictions, but yeah, I was going to say, I know this, the more we talk about it, the more I think about predictions, but I will say, you know, we, to your point, we really got to see him get a win and we got to see him just be a lawyer. They didn't, we didn't Mm -hmm. need any of the elements. We didn't have to think about race relations or that. We just, it was based on him being a lawyer and which lawyer had the best argument. And so it was really good to see him uh, just win in, in that way as well. I think, you know, we'll, I'll save it for predictions, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into news and gossip. Cool. Okay, so I've, I've started following 50 Cent on, on IG. I saw he had posted that uh, For Life is the number one show on ABC. Did you guys mm-hmm. see that? No. No, I didn't That's see that. That's amazing. That is amazing. Now he posted it, so I, I want to see like how <laughs> I believe it to be true, but it's not like he retweeted. It's like he said it. So. Got to check on that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll investigate. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely check that out. And then I saw um, the New York Times had a piece with 50 Cent and um, the guy who plays Aaron, Isaac Wright Jr., who the show yeah. was about. So they did like a, a interview there. Did you see that, Emily? Uh, I did. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some really uh, 
some really great quotes. You should check it out. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they interview both of them and they talk through kind of how the show is changing uh, the network and getting people to talk about the reforms they need in the criminal justice system and kind of Isaac's journey and what it means to him to kind of be represented in this, in this way. Yeah, for sure. I definitely um, started to check it out. I'll go back and take a deep dive into it, but I really appreciate it. Just kind of, you know, a lot of times when we get to the point where things are in the media and they become polarized, they go away from maybe how they started. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to see that you have these two men who are executive producers of the show, two Black men who have had their own bouts in the criminal justice system. You know, I don't think we forget, but I think in some ways, 50 Cent is so far removed from like being shot nine times and all that. So I was just looking through the article and, you know, just seeing, hearing him tell his story in that way, it's really good to kind of see how they both could come together, whether they agree or not, to kind of tell a bigger mm-hmm. story and unpack a, a bigger issue that the world has to face. So yeah, that was uh, pretty much it, I think, for news and gossip. But I think this too is another indicator, you know, them having an interview with someone like the New York Times that, you know, that doesn't just happen. So I think we'll see, you know, (laughs) a lot more press start to rev up with where we are um, in the season. I know we don't know exactly how many episodes. My guess is probably like 10. What do y'all think? How many episodes do you think? I think 10. I definitely think 10. I think it's 10, but uh, we can look on IMDb and see. <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking and sometimes they only show like up to a certain that's point. That's true, but that's true. I think it does show like we're going to see them kind of rev up in the media. So we'll we'll see what what else is out there for news and gossip. Now, Jeff did have some technical difficulty, which is fine. We'll yeah, have to save. It looks like he's, he looks like he's stuck uh, off the... Off the interwebs. Off the grid. grid. So next week, we'll definitely start out. We'll make sure we get to cover the for life and back segment because that's super important. It's a way that we kind of stay engaged with what's going on in the world and seeing people who have interacted with the criminal justice system, but then come to find out they were innocent um, and and get out. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's nice to see and to hear those stories as well. But the biggest story on my mind is you guys' predictions <laughs> and, and get into oh that. So you have to, you can, you can give me, you know, whatever big predictions you have, but one has to be um, what I asked earlier about, what did I ask earlier about? <laughs> uh, will, will we have a decision in Aaron's case? Oh, right. Is he going to yeah, before the end of the season? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. Emily. Okay, you got it. So give <laughs> Taking <a> my notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll yes. go. Uh, oh, my goodness. So I think we are going to, I think the next episode and the episode after that is going to be a huge breakthrough in Aaron's case. I think we're going to see more dirty cops and dirty DA and like all the I think we're gonna have more uh complicated characters pop up and it's gonna get really uh really crazy and complicated um and then I think Marie is finally gonna make a decision on uh on her and Aaron um but I think Aaron is gonna make it before she does and I think Mm. Aaron is gonna sign the divorce papers 
Oh, okay. Lots of thoughts there. What about you, Dot? Um, I, I don't think we'll see if he wins the case or not in this season. I think that's definitely something that they will save for season two. And then we'll kind of go into the afterlife once he's out of jail. Um, next episode, I think that Darius is going to just break up with Marie. I think that Mm. it's going to all just come down on him. It's going to be hard. I don't think it's going to be anything that's, you know, aggressive or anything but just something very gentle and just like listen I understand where you are this is what needs to happen and I'm really starting to think that uh, Cassius Dawkins is going to be uh, crucial for Aaron I I think that that relationship and that dynamic is going to grow in terms of them working together as opposed to working against each other okay yeah I like that a lot I think that their relationship is going to be crucial. I think Aaron already knows that uh, Dawkins is going to have a determinant in like how he fares, and he definitely he just changes his whole world. So I think he will have to just kind of find ways to cultivate that relationship enough to just have him on his side. I also agree that Darius and Marie are going to split. I don't know if that's happening next week or not, and I do think that we're going to have a decision before the end of the season of what's going to happen with um, Aaron's case, which will be really interesting to see because then where do we go next season? Uh, I do see Jeff. I don't speak for him often because we don't always agree, but Jeff does agree. I see he had texted <laughs> that we will have a decision um, before the end as well. So, so I'm yeah. definitely looking forward to that. We are just about all out of time. You guys can catch us next week. There's a new episode. And so we'll have a new episode as well. Um, that let the people know where they can find you. All the people can find me on all social media sites at dot McDonald's. And that's not the period that's actually D O T McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily, where are you at? Awesome. So you can find me on all social media platforms at Emily May, M-A-E, Heller. Okay, Jeff is that present, so I'm going to speak for him again. That's twice we agreed tonight. You can follow Jeff <laughs> on social media at Jeff Will Jr. Tweet him hashtag for life and back, and maybe he'll give you some of the info that he was going to share tonight with a special segment. And then you can follow me anywhere that's social at Keith underscore Andre. We'll see you guys next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.